Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Thank you so much for those very kind words in prayer. Jill really appreciated that. And it's good to see you all. Good to see you, Rob. Thanks for hearing that. Um, <laughs> all shouting out together. Uh, it really is good to see you. And um, just in case I was thinking while we were singing, if you're a visitor here and you don't call yourself a follower of Jesus, you might have wondered when we were singing a few songs ago, we suddenly sung a couple of words that may have sounded like a point and Baptist church football charm, which was Yahweh, Yahweh. And uh, I just want to let you know that um, if that's a strange word to you, that word is just uh, the original word that God gave himself. It means I am who I am. So I think sometimes when you're in church, strange things happen, like me speaking, that's very strange, but strange things happen, and it's good to know what they mean. We're learning to do that. Greetings from Life Church Wilmslow, where Marin and I have been meeting with our church over the last five or so years in Revolution Bar. And I'm really glad that the, your alive and active breakfast has picked up a tip from us. That's having bacon butties, but rather than having them every so often, we have them every Sunday morning. Um, and any drink we want, apart from alcohol. So, Emma, I'm really glad to hear you've picked that up from us. And you, you've, always got, you've always got some things to learn, Emma, and you're doing it all the time. I'm really glad. Um, <laughs> yeah, now do you know, I love that. Somebody actually calling out and saying some things just reminds me, Marion and I went to a Christmas thing years ago in the Albert Hall, well, a few Christmases ago in the Albert Hall, and uh, we took our, our family with us, and two of our grandsons have, have special needs. Um, one of them is wheelchair-bound, that's Josh, and he has cerebral palsy, and he doesn't speak very well, but he loves clapping. So I love it when he comes to our church because he claps almost everything I say, which is absolutely <laughs> brilliant, you know, even at the wrong time. And we're in the Albert Hall, and you know you don't clap between movements of a piece of music. You wait to the end. Well, between movements, of course, there's a little gap, so Josh starts clapping. This one other whole of the Albert Hall joined in clapping. It was wonderful. And it happened that Marion's dad, who hadn't a clue we were there, had actually heard because it was being recorded. And he said to Marion on the phone, there was some clapping between movements. Was Josh there by any chance? <laughs> yes. Yes, he certainly was. So it's great when people encourage anybody up the front. Let's read together. And uh, I'd like, it's great to see people turning to their Bibles. But not, I didn't actually say Bible. So, uh, so if you've got your copy of When We Were Very Young <laughs> by A.A. Milne, which is one of the poo paperbacks, I would love to read to you a, a poem from, from a Winnie the Pooh. This is about Christopher Robin. And you may have prayed this prayer when you were young. Um, how many people here have children? How many were children? Okay, so all of us could have had a chance of this. You may remember it, you may not, but this is how it goes. It's called Vespers. You'll remember it. Little boy kneels at the foot of the bed 
droops on the little hand's little gold head. Hush, hush, whisper who dares. Christopher Robin is saying his prayers. God bless mummy. I know that's right. Wasn't it fun in the bath tonight? The cold so cold and the hot so hot. Oh, God bless daddy. I quite forgot. If I open my fingers a little bit more, I can see Nanny's dressing gown on the door. It's a beautiful blue, but it hasn't a hood. Oh, God bless Nanny and make her good. Mine has a hood and I lie in bed and pull the hood right over my head and I shut my eyes and I curl up small and nobody knows I'm there at all. Oh, thank you, God, for a lovely day. And what was the other I had to say? I said, bless Daddy, what can it be? Oh, now I remember it. God bless me. Little boy kneels at the foot of the bed, droops on the little hands, little gold head. Hush, hush, whisper who dares. Christopher Robin is saying his prayers. Isn't that sweet? Don't you think that's lovely? It's so lovely. Because see, kids' prayers are wonderful, aren't they? Kids' prayers, they just go anywhere. I remember taking our girls out for a trip years and years ago because they're, they're, they're grown-up ladies now. But when they were young, I can remember them in the back of the car and one of them said, Daddy, Daddy, Jesus is at home today. I said, how do you know Jesus is at home today? I can see his blue dressing gown hanging on a cloud. Okay, I mean, it was delightful, but I'm not quite sure where she got it from. And then I remember we had a Youth for Christ when I used to be uh, director of Youth for Christ. I remember we had a Youth for Christ leaders, leadership team meeting. And one of the leaders came and said, I must tell you before we start our meeting, I must tell you before we... I put my two ba boys to bed last night and I said to them like I always do, John, John, John and David, are you, are you going to say prayers tonight with Daddy? And they both said, yes, Daddy. So... So he said, I said, and who's going to go first? And John said, I'll go first, Daddy. And then he said, do you want to pray before me or after me? No, I'll pray before you, Daddy. So he said, all right, John, you pray then. So John closed his eyes and he put his hands together and he said, dear Lord Jesus, I just found out today what they did to you. They put you on a cross all I can say is, if they try it again, tell me and I'll shoot the lot of them. <laughs> oh, what, what, what glorious passion. Theologically enough, passionately glorious. But you see, we have, actually, we have something that we need to ask ourselves. And that is, do, do you struggle with prayer? I'll come to that in a moment. Do you struggle with prayer because you've had a great series on prayer and some of us some of us are still doing like children's prayers only we pray longer prayers longer words more subjects but often we still struggle with prayer so you've heard all these messages on prayer you've read about prayer but maybe you still struggle on your own to pray that's what I'm doing here this morning I'm not come to tell you you ought to pray more 
You ought to pray more, but I'm not coming to tell you ought to pray more. I've come to try and help us to pray, because however many sermons we hear on it, we still often struggle. How can I learn to pray? How can I actually find enjoyment in prayer? That's what I'm trying to do this morning, is to help you to enjoy prayer and not find it a burden or not find it difficult. So the question is, is prayer, is prayer your spare tire or is it your steering wheel? It's a great quote from Corrie ten Boom, the lady who was incarcerated in Ravensbrück concentration camp and saw her sister die there. Anything she says is wise. I love it. Is prayer your spare tire or is it your steering wheel? And you and I, surely we need to actually ensure that prayer is our steering wheel because God answers prayer, like we heard from Sylvia and like the youngsters that came up and said, God is hearing my prayer. See, I struggled with prayer for years. Please hear me, I have not arrived. I'm not a great prayer warrior. I'm not a handy, you know, already packed off the peg, high-octane, shrink-wrapped intercessor. I am just an ordinary guy still trying to learn about prayer. But one thing has changed. I now have a passionate desire to pray. I now know I believe how to pray, and it makes all the difference I still fail, I still fall, but it does make a difference. That's what I want to help you with. I, I won't go into the story, but what changed it for me was praying with 12,499 other people in a big church in South Korea called the Oedo Gospel Church where, uh, where the Yongi Cho was the senior pastor, may still be. I learned, I had a passion for prayer birthed in me there. Then going to the United States to a church called Church on the Rock in Texas. And there, every single morning, the church gathered, every single morning of the week, church gathered to pray uh, a prayer together. And that's where God actually began to transform my prayer life. You don't have to do that to actually have your prayer life transformed. I want to try and help us this morning. So what I'd love to do, I'd like very much to ask you whether you agree or disagree with these statements. And if you agree, I w it's really boring just to sit there. So if you agree, could you go, yeah? I I'm amongst friends, aren't I? Yeah. Yes. I knew I, I know I am. I know, it's all right, I just thought I'd check. Okay, if you disagree, just go, no. If you think, well, it could be, it might not be, could you just go, got it? Yeah, no, or right. If I don't pray in the morning, God won't bless me so much during the day. <laughs> Most of you know, is there one or two little, uh, one or two shakies there? Um, no, actually, it's a firm no. Why? Because God, if God... If, if God's blessings were contingent upon us doing something right, none of us would ever be blessed because we do so much that's wrong. And we can't buy God, can we? Now, if anybody went like that, I'm sympathetic because I actually believe that if we do pray in the morning, we are much more ready to appropriate God's blessings during the day than if because we, we're more open. Are you with me? But it's not contingent on that. Okay. Number two. If I pray more, my spiritual life will grow more. Yes. Every, everybody knows that. Of course. If you eat, you will grow more. 
one look at me. Actually, I don't think it's too bad this morning. It's, <laughs> it's amazing what corsets and tight belts can do. Um, but, but actually, I'm putting on a bit of weight, but because if you eat too much, you grow more physically. If you eat spiritually, take spiritual food, reading the scripture, worshipping with God's people, and actually speaking to God in prayer, our spiritual lives will grow more. Okay. Prayer is asking God to do things for us. Most of you are there. Some of you are there. Okay. Please read this. Prayer is not me asking God into my world to solve my problems, but it's God asking me into his world to serve his purposes. So actually, it's a definite no, but if you went like that, I understand, because part of prayer is asking God to do things, isn't it? But the exciting part of prayer is this, that God invites us to join him in his strategic room, his room for strategy, and he says, come with me, spend time with me, and I will tell you the things that are on my heart, and I'll share with you the way that you can serve me with the things that are on my heart. Isn't that ace? You see, it's a lot better than the list of stuff like Christopher Robin, God bless mummy, God bless daddy, God bless me, God bless the leader, and God bless the church. It's actually being part of the answer to the questions that other people aren't asking or are asking, but an answer to some of the needs of the world. Right, let me hurry on. Prayer is very difficult. Don't give up on me. Yes, shake is there. I can understand that. There's a few going like that. There's a few going like that. Now, I understand because actually getting to prayer can be very, very difficult. But for my book, it's a definite no. Follow my logic. Follow my logic. Is prayer a command or a suggestion? I'll ask the question again. There is no tricky answer, I assure you. Is, is prayer in the Bible a command or a suggestion? It's a command. And we read in the Bible that the commandments of God are not a burden. They're not grievous. In other words, God doesn't say, do that, it's going to be very difficult. Do it and I'll give you the strength to do it. So prayer is not difficult. That's, that's scriptural. That, that's my logic from scripture. So let me just give you very simply 3D praying, okay? 3D praying. Number one D, desire. Do you desire to be a person of prayer? I desired for a long time to be a person of prayer because I saw how God worked and answered prayer and I realized that I needed to pray. So I desired. Second D, and this is the difficult one. The second D is discipline. It's a discipline to get down to actually praying. And by the way, I'm not saying you have to pray for an hour, an hour and a half or two hours. It might just be for 10 minutes. It's the quality, not the quantity. But the second D is discipline. Discipline yourself to do it. The third D is delight. Prayer is an absolute delight. It really is, honest. 
If you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, you're going somewhere special and you actually meet with them or you go there, it's a delight. Meeting with God is a delight. It is a delight, honestly. I learned that it became a delight. I struggled for years, but when God put the desire in me and I disciplined myself, every single time I pray without fail is a delight. Why? Because if I met with God last time I prayed, I'll meet with him again. And I used to find myself getting up in the morning, and I always had a special place where I prayed. Actually, I prayed in a beanbag, because I found that kneeling on the floor was too hard on the knees. Sitting in a chair, I went to sleep. So get midway in a beanbag, that's what I did. So I went to my beanbag every morning, and as I went there, I thought to myself, I met God yesterday, I'm going to meet him today. Well, yeah, you know, you get kind of positive, don't you? Not, I hope I meet God, I hope it's all right, I hope it's not boring. I met God yesterday, I meet him today. It's an absolute delight. Right, final statement. True prayer needs to be learnt. Now, come on, you lot, don't give up on me. I know, you don't fade that early, come on. True prayer needs to be learnt. Okay, well done. Let's read. I'm going to read anyway from Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, come on disciples, go away, stop wasting my time. If you want to ask me to teach you something that's really sensible that you can't teach yourself, then come back again. But why ask, why ask me to teach you to pray? Because you know a little talk with Jesus makes it right or right. So goodbye, come back again. If you've got something sensible to say, have a good day. Is that what Jesus said? Jesus, in answer to the disciples' request, he said, when you pray, say. Luke chapter 11, Matthew chapter 6, the same prayer is there. And both times Jesus says, when you pray, say. Now listen, listen. This is the only time in the Bible we read of the disciples asking Jesus to teach them something. I bet they asked him other times, but it's not recorded. But the very one time the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to something, and he taught them a seminar on prayer, and how many of us pray like that? Some churches sing it every Sunday and then get through it in five seconds. Some churches say it every Sunday. You can still get through it in five seconds. You can change the tune, elongate it, do whatever you like with it. But so often, many of us do not pray the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. Please hear me. Jesus doesn't say, I'm suggesting you pray like this. Jesus isn't saying, here, here's a, have a crack at it. This isn't a bad way. Jesus isn't saying, if you want some kind of a pattern, let me think of something quickly. Yeah, here's a few random thoughts. Jesus says, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. And what is it we're to say? Well, I'll tell you what it is that we're to say, because it's here in the scripture. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 6, and it's the longer version of the prayer. And I'm going to say, I've done so much study on this prayer. This is the prayer that's revolutionized my life, and it's revolutionized many people's lives. Why? Because Jesus taught it. 
And I'm going to give it to you as it basically is in the original language because there's a lot more meaning in it in the original language uh, translated from Greek. This is how it goes. Father in the heavens, hallowed be your name on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the bread that we need. Forgive us. Forgive us our debts as we've already forgiven our debtors. Don't bring us to the point of the test. Don't lead us towards temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. That's the end of the prayer. Most of the ancient manuscripts don't have the end bit, but somebody obviously put it in and it's in the canon of scripture because it's a very good PS. You know, yours be the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's very, it's very right, very fitting and very scriptural. At this point, can I just make a very quick advertisement? And can I say to you and something else? I, I delivered thoughts like this in 2001, I, here in this church. When I was the minister of this church, I actually found my old notes and I delivered it in 2001. That's how long it's been living with me. And actually, I have to say thank you to many of you that were here then because actually a lot of that was birthed in me and helped in me through being here in this church. But also just to say, you know, so I'm in a, in a sense coming back to where I started this leadership ministry and saying thank you to you. But also to say that out of it two years ago came a book, uh, which is a very simple book called Teach Us to Pray. And uh, if any of you attempted to make notes, which you might, I don't know, but if you did, then buy the book instead, okay? Because I've got them here and Judy Scora is going to have them afterwards. And really is a practical guide to prayer. It's got enough theology in it, but it's a practical guide, and it will contain most of what I'm going to say in these last few moments, okay? It's actually been retailing for £7.99. I've been very generous in other places, and I've been selling it for £6.99. In some other places, I even sold it for £6. Point and Baptist Church coming home, £5. Whoa, come on. There's only 30 of them. So get in quick afterwards. Uh, whether it means anything or not, I've signed them. I don't think that means anything, but I have anyway. So just to personalize it a bit, and that's where it's at. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the people's prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer, but for me, it's the people's prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17, where Jesus prays his prayer to the Father. But this is your prayer, it's my prayer, it's the family prayer, it's a couple's prayer. It's a brilliant prayer, an absolutely brilliant prayer. Why, why, should, why did Jesus teach it? Because you could say to me, you've just said to me, we can gabble it off in five seconds. Why did Jesus teach us a prayer to be gabbled off in five seconds? He didn't. He taught what we know as index praying. See, the rabbis in those days, the rabbi teachers would teach the Israelites, I want to, we want to teach you to pray. So here's an index, here's a table of comments. You fill in your own prayer under the table of contents. Contents, uh, I should have said not comments, a table of contents, the index. How many of you have ever read the book Kinetics Made Easy? 
How many of you would like to read the book, Kinetics Made Easy? I think it's desperately boring, but there we are. It probably isn't to some. Just imagine if a big, thick workbook like that had an index and absolutely no content. It would be worthless. Think of a book like that had content and no index. You wouldn't have a clue where you were. So Jesus says, I'm going to teach you what your teachers teach you. It's index praying. And here is my index. We call it often the Lord's Prayer. I call it the people's prayer. And here is the index that I see. By the way, it's a one-part, three-part, two-part, six-part prayer. Why do I say it? it's one-part prayer? Because if Jesus gave it, he must answer it, yeah? Is that fair? We're not making stuff up here. We're not having to scratch our heads, say, are we praying according to God's will? We are praying according to God's will. Jesus taught it. Reasonable? It's a two-part, it's a three-part prayer, because actually this prayer deals with any being, any being or spirit we have to do with in our lives. It deals with our relationship with God, it deals with our relationship with other people, and it deals with a relationship that we don't want to have, but it deals with what the enemy might be trying to do in our lives. It's a two-part prayer because it starts with man's heart open to God, woman's heart open to God, and the second part is God's heart open to woman, God's heart open to man. It's a great two-part prayer. This is the index that I see, and uh, you can find your own index, but this is a table of contents. Worshipping the Father, God's kingdom, God's will, and guidance, our daily needs, forgiveness and relationships, spiritual warfare. I challenge you to find one major topic to do with life that is not here in this prayer. You will not find it. You won't find it because Jesus covers the lot. You pray this prayer on hear me again, not my words, Jesus' words, pray this prayer. Now, just let me say one thing. What I'm not saying is that if you've got a great prayer life and you don't pray in this order, you've got it wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying chuck away your great prayer life. What I am saying is if you struggle with prayer, pray the way Jesus taught you because he taught you for a reason. Because for a reason, there's an index. How many of us pray a little bit in the morning, then think that we'll pray a little bit later in the day? We haven't got a clue where we've got up to or what we've said. This is like putting a bookmark in the prayer. You know where you've got up to. How many of you have wandering minds, like Christopher Robin? And here you are. Oh, Father, I'm praying for that missionary. Oh, that missionary out there. Oh, Lord, she's going through so much. Father, will you... Bl Goodness me, look at my shoes. No wonder I got them cheap in the sale. One's a different colour from the other. Whoa. Oh, sorry, Lord, sorry. I was praying about the missionary. My mind wanders, your mind wanders. When you pray this prayer, it stops your mind wandering. You know exactly where you are. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, thank you for giving us a prayer that's so absolutely bang on right that we can know that you are going to answer so I've only got a few more moments 
So let's just start, and I'm not going to get anywhere near through this, by the way, just in case you're worried. But let me just, let me just mention a couple of things, and then we'll be done. Let's just start at the beginning. Our Father in the heavens. Stop right there. Stop right there. That's where so many of us go wrong. We pray to mighty God, good Lord, great Savior. And what happens when we do that, and forgive me doing this, is if we're coming before a mighty God and a great Lord, it's almost like help. I hope this mighty God will hear little me. I'm a worm in comparison to God. I've been an awful sinner, and I'm so sorry, God. Will you hear me? And he's right up there, and I'm down here. But Jesus says, no, you call him Father. And when I come to Father, it's a relationship, not a title. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a relationship. Interestingly enough, the language that Jesus and his disciples spoke was the language of Aramaic. From Aramaic, the, the Bible was translated into Greek. And there's three times in the Bible when an Aramaic word is kept, and that's the word Abba for Father. And every single time you read it, three times it's Abba, Father. Pater in the Greek, which is Latin as well, Abba in the Aramaic. Because it was such a special relationship that Jesus was teaching that Abba, the Aramaic word, has gone into the Greek Bible to keep the special relationship. It means Father, my Father, my Papa. That's who he is. What a difference it is when you pray to Papa like that. You're not praying. I used to start my prayers with saying, oh dear God, I'm so, so sorry. I've been a sinner. I said I'd pray and I didn't pray. I set the alarm for four o'clock in the morning. I hit the snooze button. I didn't pray at all. I'm so sorry. I'm so rotten. Will you please forgive me? And then I had to build up faith that God still loved me and God would still hear me. Can you imagine a five-year-old boy bursting into his father's study and saying, oh, Peter, Oh, parental Peter, I wish that thou wouldst give me some financial wherewithal to buy a, a conical-shaped wafer in which is placed substance called ice cream. I wish to buy same. Wouldst thou please imbue me with the money that I need? He'd think, how ridiculous. The kid's going to burst into his dad's stomach. He's going, dad, 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 could I have an ice cream? It's like that with prayer. We don't have to start with forgive my sin. Oh, dear great God, you're so wonderful, you're so great. We start with Father, Abba, Abba, Dad, you love me. I'm coming straight into your presence. A little bit later, we're allowed to ask forgiveness for our sins, but don't start there because it will keep your thoughts directly on you. Oh, this is, a, this is a brilliant prayer. Absolutely brilliant. Why? If I was doing... Um, yeah, if I was standing here today, a little bit shorter than I am, this is years and years ago, my hair was kind of creamed down, very wavy, and I was in a lovely chalk stripe suit and an absolutely fantastic shirt and tie, and I had my head on one side, got bigger nose and bigger ears than I've got, if that's possible, and I'm, th I'm fiddling with the, the ring on my left hand, and I'm saying, oh, oh jolly good, you know. Uh, one day I might be king if the old girl gets off the throne and uh, actually I'm terribly interested in British architecture uh, and I'm going to be a defender of the faith, so jolly good. And you'd know that I was doing a bad rip-off of Prince Charles. 
Now, say Prince Charles is here, and one of you wants to ask him a question, so you lift one part of your backside off the seat, you've got no further than that. Two plain-suited men bear down on you, carry you quietly outside, and you say, what am I doing wrong? He said, oh, you were just about to get up out of your seat and come towards his majesty. You stay here, you're a danger. Now, this is extreme logic, very extreme logic, and years ago. What happens if two little boys are actually sitting there in, in, in the audience and they both come running out and one tugs at one trouser leg and the other tugs at the, ed at the other, Daddy, Daddy, oh, William, Harry. <laughs> Why is it that they can actually get to him and others can't? Because fatherhood means access. I'm invited. I'm invited into my father's presence. I don't have to whinge, I don't have to whine, I don't have to plead, I just walk in. It also means acceptance, I'm welcomed. It also means attention, I'm heard. Ah, oh, oh, what a prayer, what a prayer. Let me finish with this. You see, please, you begin your prayer with a relationship with Father and it makes all the difference. I've been praying this prayer for years and I could stay on the father bit for 30 minutes. I'm not suggesting you do or have to. I could stay on it for 30 minutes because it's so delightful to have, a, to have a father God. And we remember he's father in the heavens so we're not doing away with the majesty and the glory. Look at this. This is the last bit I'm going to do right here. Come, your kingdom. Be done, your will. That's the way it's written in the Bible. Not, oh, if you wouldn't mind sending your kingdom a little, a little bit of your will being done. We'd really like it. Thank you very much. But, but, you know, if you don't want to do it right now, that's all right. We're actually putting our foot down. It's a picture of someone putting their foot down, raising their fist and saying, come, your kingdom. Be done, your will. Father God, we're on your side. We're commanding that these things be done. Hey, praise God that you've got a new leader coming to this church. I am so delighted. Just invite me along when he comes. I'll take me mantle on and put it on him. But, oh, there's one or two others between us two as well. I know that. But listen, I'm delighted for you. But you know, the most, thing, the most important thing about any leader coming is the fact that you and every single person in this church is saying, come your kingdom, be done your will. And a leader can only lead you into that, can't make you do it. This is our prayer, come your kingdom, be done your will. Fellas, how many of you are in love, have been in love, would like to be in love? Please put your hand up. Just put your hand up. Are you in love, would like to be in love or have been in love? Okay, ladies, ladies, if you're sitting next to a fella that should be in love with you, didn't put his hand up, you need to smack him round the chops and ask what the problem is. So how do, you, how do you tell your loved one, how would you tell your loved one that you love them? Oh, my darling, you are so beautiful. I do love you. No, I know what you do. You've seen too many films, too many television programs. You get her. You, you, put your, you put your arm around her, you lean her back, you know, that lean that goes. <laughs> you put your hand on her tummy and you say, Oh, ma chérie, <laughs> you are so beautiful. Your lips are like cherries. Your cheeks are like peaches and cream. And your eyes are like little dancing men in a computer game. I know, I know that's what you do. I absolutely know it. 
never, never work with animals and children. Never work, <laughs> never work with spouses. <laughs> and, uh, I wish that were true, darling. <laughs> I wish that were true. Now, just say, just say you'd already told her you loved her. Then you pat her on the backside and say, run along now, I've baked beans for lunch and a set of gold clubs for me birthday. What's going to happen? She's going to say, listen, you spend that time telling me how much you love me and then you tell me what you want. How about what I want? That is exactly like this prayer. Because God, prayer preserves God's interests before it looks after mine. So why do you think it's hallowed be your name, come your kingdom, be done your will, long before we get to the daily bread? Because God says, if you're going to worship me as father, how about the things that I'd like to see happen? Get, get tucked in on those, and then we'll start talking about what you need. You got it? I mean, listen, this, this prayer has an order, folks. It really has an order. It's not just... It's not just any old order slung together. It's a prayer that Jesus has given to be prayed with passion, with meaning, and to help you and me to pray. With that, let us pray. Can I invite you to stand, please, if you're able? I'd just like to do two things, if that's all right, Jill. Do a couple of things. Okay, first one is, I would very much like it if you, if you really would desire to be a person of prayer. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you now. Not asking it, not saying that you've got to pray for hours or, 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 you know, be extraordinarily good at it. All I'm saying is, if you would desire to be a man, a woman, a boy or girl of prayer, let me pray for you now. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to put your hand up. I could do, but you know who you are, so let me pray for you, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for every person in this place who, who desires to be a person of prayer. Father, I, have, I know I've put a lot of my own words in, but I'm just, I'm just now, and we together, just focusing on the prayer that you taught through Jesus. And we believe that you gave us that prayer to pray so that we could become people of prayer. And so we know that you can plant in our hearts a desire to be men and women, boys and girls of prayer. And so we ask you now, in the name of Jesus, would you come and visit those who are calling out to you with me, I want to be a person of prayer. Would you come and do that in us? We can't manufacture it, but you by your spirit can birth it in us and we ask you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Second thing I'd like to do is to actually pray this prayer. I think most of you know it. The words are not up there. I'm not going to take long over it, but I just, I just want to stop at each phrase and you... And you put your own words, okay? You put your own words, your own prayer after, after each phrase. It won't take long. And if, you, if it's, you're all right with this, I'll, I'll, do, I'll say some of my own words. I and mean, it might be helpful to some, it might be a hindrance. So I'm not going to shout. But let's just pray this prayer, okay? Father in the heavens. Thank you, Father. It's so good that you, you are our Father not just mine, you're, you're our Father. And you're in the heavens. You're everywhere. Wow, that's great. Hallowed 
be your name. May your name become holy. May your name be seen as precious in this earth, here in Poynton, wherever I live, wherever I go, wherever I go. And Father, come, your kingdom, and be done, your will, here on earth, just like it is in the heavens. May your kingdom come more, Father, here in Poynton, in Wilmslow, in the nation and the nations. See your kingly rule established until the day when your kingdom comes completely when Jesus returns. Oh, Father. You give us this day the bread that we need, the energy, the finance, the food, the good attitude, the characteristics I need to live your life. Give me those today. And forgive us, Father. Forgive us our trespasses, our debts. Just like we, and, and it was a struggle, just like we have forgiven anybody that's trespassed and done things wrong to us. Oh, Father, I want to be forgiving, always forgiving. And don't let us be led towards that temptation that keeps getting to us. You know, Father, just how much I find that difficult to withstand. Don't let me get anywhere near it. But, Father, deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. You've already won the battle. You've already delivered us. Will you deliver us day by day from the enemy of our lives and our souls? And let's say the last bit together, shall we? For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, praise God. Wonderful prayer. I really hope it helps you to pray. And if you need the notes, get one of those books. Thanks. It's been great being with you. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.